Hello, and welcome to The Midlife with Kimberly Sampson and Tracy Feldstein. If you're over 40 and under dead, you're in the right place. Hey there, I'm Kimberly Sampson, and welcome to The Midlife Podcast, where we discuss tools and strategies to turn your midlife crisis into your midlife transformation. Some of what you'll hear is from the recipe I use to get myself out of my own midlife funk. Some of what we'll discuss draws on my career in finance and banking and my experiences with entrepreneurship. All of it, my personal experience and my professional expertise are yours to help you design your next best chapter and thrive. We'll also have a special segment called Reinvented sprinkled in every few weeks. You'll hear from inspiring women who have changed course after 40, proving it's never too late to start something new. Join me. Welcome to episode 31 of The Midlife. First off today, I need to laugh at myself a little bit. A few weeks ago, I laid out for you what the rest of this year's podcast episode schedule would be, and I don't think I've stuck to one of them. Other things have come up that seemed more timely or that I was more interested in talking to you about, and as far as I know, there's no podcast topic police. If there are, they lack enforcement. But I think this highlights something I say to you often. You are allowed to change your mind, and so am I. It's one of the greatest things about being my own boss. I think flexibility and the confidence in decisions is something that is a huge benefit of getting older, if you allow it to develop. It's a cop-out to say that I, or you, don't care what other people think. I do care what you think. You're the whole reason I'm here. But I don't sit around wringing my hands about the decision to mix up my topics and not stick to what I said before. I know you have better things to do than to keep watch over my content calendar. But in case you are paying attention, I just wanted to acknowledge that yes, I had other plans, but this is more important to me, and I think to you, than what I had planned. So here's what's on my mind and why. Overwhelmingly, the conversations I'm having with women I advise is about their weight and how they look. I'm finding that women are completely paralyzed by their appearance, to the point that it's impacting the possibility of any other progress in different areas of their lives. It would be unfair to dismiss the impact how you feel about the way you look has on your life. For many of these women, and maybe you too, it is painfully apparent that until we address the struggles you have with your weight and your appearance, we're getting nowhere. Let's start with your weight. If you consider yourself heavy, I would imagine that you've spent lots of money, time, and energy on diets, and you're still heavy. Can we all agree then once and for all that diets don't work? Oh sure, when you drastically decrease your calorie intake, you see some initial benefit, but then the restrictive guidelines are impossible to stick to. But the diet industry has you brainwashed to believe that you, not their diet, failed. I think the truth lies somewhere in between. You failed at their diet because it, whatever it was, is not how humans are supposed to eat. So am I suggesting that you're destined to be fat? Absolutely not. But there are so many layers. I just want to address one aspect of this very complicated issue for you today. Please know that everything I say that follows is said with love and compassion, but I'm going to be pretty blunt with you. Your weight continues to be a source of discontent for you because you use food to self-soothe. You're in a loop of pain and then food is remedy. Your weight is the byproduct of your issue, not the cause of it, but now it's a vicious cycle. You're unhappy or food is a reward so you eat, but you're uncomfortable with the way you feel and you hate the way you look, so you say everything else would be better if you were happy with the way you look. But then you eat and feel guilty, and then you eat and it seems helpless. How am I doing? So what do you do about it? Well, why do we eat? The best reason is to stay alive. 
But food activates happy places in our brain. And when you're sad and frustrated by other areas of your life, food or alcohol is an easy, accessible thing to grab. We have to break the habit. We have to start somewhere. So let's start with food. Can I assume that you've read enough research to know that processed food, carbohydrates like bread and pasta, added sugar, fried foods, soft drinks, and alcohol are not your friends? And yet, do you find you're constantly grabbing for all those things? Of course, because you're human and they taste good and you're stuck in a pattern. So here's the three-step process I walk women through and use to help them be accountable. But I do want to take a moment and talk about accountability. When you're part of my coaching group, Midlife Reimagined, you are never accountable to me. You're part of a community that is there to support you on being accountable to yourself. The first exercise is to write your personal manifesto. It's almost a love letter to yourself. What are you willing to do for you? How are you going to care for yourself by being specific about the types of food you'll be choosing? I hate being told no. You too? So I think making a list of foods that are no-nos is too restrictive and a recipe for failure. What happens if you decide you really want that cookie? Are you in trouble with yourself because you ate one? And then what do you do with that failure? Like most of us, you wallow in it, let it define you, and you give up. Back to square one. So make this about the positive things you'll do for yourself. Let's be honest about those cookies and glasses of wine that we reflexively grab for. The second step is to come up with a replacement. Especially with the alcohol, I think it's important to acknowledge that it's the ritual of it that's comforting. So you may still drink something from a wine glass, but you can create a mocktail. Don't underestimate the power of soda water and a lemon garnish. Are you programmed to grab something crunchy, sweet, or salty when you plop down on the couch at night? Figure out a substitute. The important lesson here is to plan ahead. Planning ahead is critical not only for those snacky moments, but also for mealtime. When you don't plan ahead, you take the easy way out which is usually something that you'll end up regretting knowing that it wasn't going to bring you closer to achieving a healthy weight. Meal planning and shopping and cooking take tremendous effort. Honestly, it's the bane of my existence, but it's worth it. Not only for managing your health and weight, but if you need an extra reason, it is so much less expensive. The final step I teach is that you need a repeatable mantra to distract yourself when you're drawn to old habits. I teach women to use, that's not in my world. Want a bag of chips on the couch at night? Nah, that's not in my world. Headed to the pint of ice cream? Ice cream is not in my world. If you think it sounds oversimplified, I dare you to try it. Deep down, we are all two-year-olds whose attention can be diverted. This process is something I spend a lot of time helping women work through. We are constantly refining and revisiting our manifestos, habit replacements, and mantras to free up brain power from focusing on food and weight, to work on the real underlying causes of our pain and sadness. You have to get real with yourself. The food, and possibly the alcohol, is all a temporary band-aid to hide from the true cause of your discontent. What will it take for you to face the original source of your sadness or anger or boredom? I ask you that question directly because I want you to stop and recognize that you are self-sabotaging. I can almost guarantee that you are making subconscious choices on autopilot daily that are the complete antithesis to the life you really want to be living. You do not need to settle for this life. You need to shut down the monkey brain that plagues us all. Your subconscious is a seductive mistress rooted in habit. Don't fight it, she tells you. I got this. You just relax. It's time for you to tell her, no, bitch, I got this. I want you to feel empowered to make the right choices and protective enough of yourself to do the best for yourself. 
I also want you to be forgiving and recognize that eating should be at times a decadent and pleasurable experience. I do, though, think you need to flip a switch that says you eat to live, not live to eat. Let's move on to everyone's next favorite topic, exercise. Again with the self-sabotage. Here's an activity that always makes you feel better, albeit when you're done. You're more satisfied with the shape of your body and your clothes fit better when you regularly exercise. And yet, it's still a struggle to do it. You have to just make it part of your personal manifesto. It has to be something that is part of your regular life. Now, certainly part of feeling good about the way you look is heavily tied up in the reflection of that stranger we see in the mirror in the morning. We are aging, and we need to normalize that process. I strongly believe that surgeries and injections do nothing to make you look younger. You just look like someone who's had surgeries and injections. And in a weird way, I think that stuff actually makes you look older. I'm saying this as someone who's done Botox regularly. For any of you shocked by that revelation, remember, I live in Los Angeles where that's very much the norm. I'm not defending it, just explaining. When the pandemic hit, it was the detox I needed to get off the Botox. Here's the truth. I have wrinkles in my forehead. I should. I'm almost 49 years old. And I've never been happier with the way I look. Part of the reason I'm looking better than in recent years is because I rarely drink alcohol, I mostly drink water, and I've significantly decreased my sugar intake, except for this week because I made brownies and I make the best fucking brownies in the world. But also, I'm happy. I'm sure you've seen that Audrey Hepburn quote, the happiest girls are the prettiest. Truth bomb. Now, nothing externally in my life has changed in the last five years, but everything on the inside has. I want you to have some of what I'm having, and if you're having trouble finding it on your own, I'd encourage you to make sure you're on my email list so you know when enrollment reopens for Midlife Reimagined, design your next best chapter. You can go to my website, www.themidlife.co, or even just shoot me an email at Kimberly at themidlife.co and ask me to add you. The bottom line on all of it, how satisfied you are with your weight, the shape of your body, and how you feel about the way you look is that if you don't fix the inside, the outside will never comply. That's it for this week. Be good to yourself. You're asking a lot from your body, especially as we age, to continue to look good, to feel good, and to be available with energy so that you're ready to live your next best chapter. Be your own greatest protector. Next week on the Midlife Podcast, it's going to be a little Freaky Friday. I was interviewed for Salome Shellac's The Shine Show podcast, and we had a super frank discussion about perfectionism, entrepreneurship, and worthiness. It was a super fun chat, and I hope you'll tune in. 